What's up, beautiful people? You are now checked in to Purposeful Rehab. I'm your host, Jajara. Purposeful Rehab is for a people that's determined to be restored for a useful purpose. So if that sounds like it's your vibe, make sure you click subscribe. And I look forward to vibing out with you in our next session. What's up? What's up, my kings and queens? What's up, my royal family? We are back with another session of Purposeful Rehab, and you know we're coming in hot and ready to get this thing popping. We are talking about something so important today, and the Lord has really been laying content on my heart around this specific thought process. And so I really want to help shift our minds, renew our minds, transform our minds so that we can obtain the purpose that God has for us. And so you already know what you need to do. You want to make sure that you hit subscribe so that you're getting updated every time we drop a new session so you can vibe out with us. You do not want to miss it. And make sure you head on over to YouTube. We're Purposeful Rehab over there as well and click subscribe. We are in the process of mainstreaming and getting everything together. So I know we haven't been recording the last couple of episodes, but bear with me, y'all. I'm doing everything myself right now. But you know, the Lord is faithful, so that won't be for too long. (laughs) Praise God, I'm speaking that into existence. But I'm doing everything for myself right now. So, you know, just trying to get everything together with how I'm going to, um, you know, record, do the edits and all those things. And when it comes to videos, it's just a lot more time consuming and different parts that goes into that. But I got y'all because I know that I'm, you know, called to that scene as well. So, Make sure you hit subscribe over there because, um, you know, we're going to be up and running this month with that. And if you're not joining the tribe, our email list is so much value that we're about to add to the email list. So make sure you head on over to our website and join the tribe. Or if you're on any of my social media platforms, you can just click the link in the bio and get to the page. We are Glow Unplugged without the W. So it's G-L-O Unplugged dot com and then you can join the tribe and you can get value just from being on the email list alone. Um, the Lord is going to be, you know, adding value there where, you know, you can get some encouragement throughout the weeks. You get first dibs on products or, you know, different services we're going to be offering or, you know, even when it comes to, you know, the drip, you feel me when the drip get the drop in, you can get first dibs on that as well. And so you don't want to miss it. And I'm also going to drop a little bug in y'all ear real quick um, to put in your mind to prepare yourself for my first free webinar that is going to be dropping at the end of this month. I'm not going to tell you the day. I'm not going to give you too much information yet, but I want to drop that bug in your ear. Okay. I am going to be hosting a free webinar at the end of this month and it's going to be lit because you just know that's, uh, there's no other way. It's going to be lit. God, the father will be there, the Holy spirit. Okay. And yes, you are going to be in the building and we're going to set this thing on fire and help y'all transform and catapult into the next steps, okay? So I want y'all to really uh, stay tuned for more details on that. 
And without further ado, let's hop into this because the enemy already tried to stop me from recording this episode. And I had to pray, go into prayer. You feel me in war to, to make sure that this laptop didn't shut down completely on me and have me where I couldn't record. But, you know, look at us now. We recording. So that lets you know that the Holy Spirit definitely works. If you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> Amen. All right. So today we are going to pop it off, pop it off, pop it off with something super exciting. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I'm 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 really geeked though. It's called it's in my DNA. You heard me? It's in my DNA. And as you see, it's part one. So the Lord is definitely landing on my heart that there is going to be different parts of this. The Lord has been dealing with me heavily with, you know, talking to his people about identity and that subject matter. And so I really want to make sure that I cover that uh, to the fullest of my ability with the help of Christ um, so that you guys can get what you need. Um, and understanding the importance of identity. You feel me? Because uh, I think we underestimate the importance of it. I know I did at a point. I was trying to rush my way into the promises and thank the Lord for grace and mercy and just that tenacity to be like, slow down and let's see this thing through. And the understanding that the wisdom the Lord sent my way to be able to slow down and understanding that there are certain things you need in place in order to reap what you're asking for. And so I really want to help people to transform their mind so that they can get the blessings that they're asking God for. Because the reality is, it's not that he doesn't want to give it. It's just you aren't in a place to store it. You aren't in a place to receive it. And so when we begin to understand that God is not going to give a car to a baby, like we wouldn't give a car to a baby, right? Um, we we will then begin to shift ourselves. He is a father. He loves us. He does not want us to, first of all, wreck someone else because everything we do is connected to someone else. Regardless if it involves a relationship or not, everything we do is connected to other people. So he doesn't want to give us something that could possibly ruin someone else that could possibly hurt you as well. And so he's looking at all angles. And so, you know, today what we want to touch on when we're talking about it being in our DNA is who I am versus who I'm called to be. Listen, this thing about to make me shout already. Okay, who I am versus who I am called to be. It's in my DNA. You feel me? All right. So the scripture we are about to come from today is a famous one that most people know. And that's Jeremiah 1. We're going to look at verses 4 through 10. OK, and so I'm going to start this off by reading it and then we're going to dive into to this thing real good. So when you when you get there, Jeremiah chapter 1, 4 through 10, let the church say amen. All right. Amen. <laughs> then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, 
to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. And we're going to stop at verse 10. Woo, come on. Jeremiah is uh, is, is special to my heart for many reasons. But um, one of the things that I love about Jeremiah is how plainly put the call on, on one's life is to God. Okay. And the identity. Okay. We've seen it before, but I think we don't realize the necessity to understand the difference between the call and who you, who you've been, what you've been doing before the call happens. Okay. Um, just because for instance, just, and what I mean by this, let me make that more plain, more clear, right? You may have been operating in certain facets before you were called that lines up with who you were called to be. But if we operate prematurely, then we are out of alignment, right? So let's say somebody reveals to you through by way of the Lord that you are meant to be set apart unto the Lord, right? So let's use Samuel, for example, right? Before he was formed in his mother's womb, when she was praying to God, he wasn't even there yet. She's praying to God about her her not being able to have a child. And a part of that prayer was if she was to get pregnant, she would dedicate him back to the Lord, okay? And so God put the baby in there and she dedicated him back to the Lord. And during that time of staying in, um, I believe it was Eli's house, right? Um, the priest, God had called him very young. But at the time that God called out to him was not the time that God already called him to be the prophet, right? Of of the of the judge at the time is what they were, um, of Israel, right? That that didn't happen till later. But him letting him know who he was, was very early on. He began to sharpen him very early on. He began to speak to him and give him words very early on that Eli even asked him, well, what did the Lord tell you? Right. And so that was the sharpening of who he was as a prophet. Right. But he wasn't yet the prophet over the judge over Israel yet. Right. He wasn't at that moment, that wasn't who he was called into. So, you know, when you get called, when that number gets called and he's like, all right, it's time. That's different than when the Lord is sharpening you in understanding who you are. And sometimes it can happen almost simultaneously because sometimes we don't even know who we are nowadays until God calls us. <laughs> like Jeremiah, his call solidified who he was, right? And so the standpoint I'm coming from today where I'm saying, who am I versus who I'm called to be? It is who are you right now versus who you're called to be? Are you functioning according to who you're called to be or are you functioning completely differently, right? Who are you right now? Who are you right now? Do you know who you are? Are you behaving according to identity that you created or your, your parent created or a teacher created or the world's ideals created? Or are you operating according to who you're called to be? Is 
your calling and who you've called to be, is that where the DNA of who you are is 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 residing? Is that what what makes up your DNA and your identity and your purpose and your steps, right? So when we just break this down and we look at verses four through eight, we see the call to be who God had formed him to be, right? And when we read after that, we well, when we read with seven and, and eight, well, it starts at six, right? When we look at six through eight, we see this battle between who he thinks he is versus who God called him to be. See, to Jeremiah, who am I? I'm just a child. I'm only I'm only 12 years old, right? We do history. Jeremiah is about 12. So it's like, I'm, I'm but a child. That's who I am. I'm a youth. I what? I can't do this. I can't speak. That's who Jeremiah thought he was versus who God called him to be was to, to be a prophet, to command what he had, what he was going to put in his mouth to speak, right? Who he was, was a child in his mind, but who God called him to be was greater than a youth. It, it being a youth had nothing to do with who God called him to be. And sometimes we look at who we've created these ideas of who we are and it does not align with who God has called us to be. Think about Moses. Moses, God called him to be the deliverer of the Israelites out of Egypt. He had an, he had that Exodus anointing, right? But for Moses, he's like, who am I? I, can, I have a, I have a stutter. I can't even speak well. Who am I to talk to Pharaoh? And God is like, I've called you to be the person to do this. So if I've called you to do it, then it's done. Like all you need is what I've already put inside of you. And when we break down verses four and five, he said. Before I formed you, right, we know that God is like is, is likened to a potter in the word of God. And we are called to be clay. And form means to shape. In Genesis, when it said that he formed uh, the man, right, it means that he put his hands to it. He formed it. He shaped it. Right. He didn't just speak it into existence, but he formed it. Right. So before he formed you in your mother's room. So before you were even formed, he was speaking to you. What was he doing? He knew you. He knew you before you had even been formed. He knew you. Before you were even born, he sanctified you. What does that mean? He consecrated you. He set you apart. He declared you to be holy, to do a work such as a time as this. Come on, Esther. Right? He tells Esther, how do we know? How don't we know that you were set in place as queen for a time such as this? That very moment was that moment that she had been prepared for, right? That very moment was the moment that her identity and who God had called her to be all aligned. She was already called to be the the way the the one that was God was going to make a way through. She was already called to be the queen of the nation so that she could more you know move things, right? And influence the king to make decisions for the people of God, right? She was already called 
to be that vessel. And so that calling called for that consecration, that sanctification being set apart, right? Then it goes on to say that he ordained him to be a prophet to the nations. No man can ordain us. God ordains us. Man only, only, um, I want to say the right word. Uh, man only puts that approval to, to other men of, okay, this is what God says. Okay. They only say affirm. That's the word I'm looking for. Man only affirms the word of God affirms what was already spoken, but they can't ordain you because they don't have that kind of power. They weren't there. They weren't there. Because mind you, this is all happening before you were born, before you were formed. They weren't even there. So they can't ordain you. What is ordained, right? When we break down and we look at the word ordain, it means to give, to set or put in place, to make or constitute someone to be something. So you are already put in place is what God has told, what, what God has said into you or called for you to be. And so when we be, begin to talk about identity, it's not a sense of who you create yourself to be. It's who you were already created to be. It's down to what's in your DNA. It's down to the very makeup of who you are. People who walk in purpose so amazingly and boldly and have success, it's because they've mastered the calling of who they are. They've understood and come to a place with God and understanding who they've been called to be. So every fiber of their DNA and their being, who they were formed to be, flows with their life. It flows with their formality. It forms with their purpose, their, their sensitivity or their, their aggressiveness, their, you know, um, their, the way they speak or the way they don't speak, right? The way that they, you know, um, articulate their wordings, or maybe they're good with writing. Maybe they're a painter, right? Whatever their giftings are, it all flows together with who they're called to be before, before they were even born. But they had to come into revelation of the calling, Versus who they thought they were, right? Versus who the world told them they were, they were, or the versus what their parents may have said that they were, right? And so, when we begin to understand that, when God does that calling, when we start asking Him, God, who have you called me to be, right? When we when we place our who am I in the hands of the Creator, then he begins to show us who he's calling us to be, right? And he will give us the appointed time we're meant to walk in that thing, but he will show us who we're called to be. And what he then does once he begins to show us who we're called to be, he deals swiftly with those doubts and fears because they come up. Why? Because who you're called to be is nine times out of 10 greater who you've settled on being. Let me say that again. Who you're called to be is nine times out of 10 greater than who you've settled on being. What do I mean? Jeremiah settled on saying, I am a youth. I'm a youth. What could I do? 
I'm, I'm a kid, right? But God said, do not say I am a youth for you shall go to all to whom I send you, meaning your youthhood ain't stopping nothing over here because who you're called to be is great at your age. At your age, your age ain't stopping nothing. What's in your DNA is, is mightier. Who I've called you to be is mightier than your age. But he defined himself by his age. How many times have we defined ourselves by our age? Defined ourselves by our, our, our parenthood or our job titles. And we've allowed those things to be what gives us identity instead of who God has called for us to be, being the thing that gives us identity, right? So how many times have we said, you know, like Sarah, I could laughing at God when he said that he was going to give Abraham a child and she's 99 and he's a hundred. I can't give no, no child to him. What? I'm too old. My biological clock is ticking. The eggs are dried up. Whatever the world has told us, right? Oh, I'm already 40 and I haven't been married. Or I'm already 32, 33. I haven't been married. You know, I'm not going to be able to have children or, you know, I'm going to have a harder time. All these things we begin to adapt. And so when the Lord is calling us into who we're called to be, then, and I'm not saying you're called into being a wife or a mother or being a father or a husband are just a part of who you're called to be. But Jeremiah being a prophet, come on, with that's who he was called to be. Now, the roles he would fulfill while he was being who he was called to be is totally different, right? Would Jeremiah go on to be a father, you know, and have children? Okay, but he'd still be a prophet. Because that's who he's called to be. So how he fathered would come from his identity. Come on. How he was able to father his children and be a husband to his wife would come from him knowing who he was called to be. And this is why it's so important that we have identity down pack. Because if you don't have identity down pack, then you align yourself with someone who cannot help you. Come on, I'm talking to the men. You align yourself with someone who is not a help meet, but a hindrance. Because they can't help you in something you have no idea in what you're doing. You don't even know who you're called to be. So that's why it's super important for our men to get their identity down packed before they go find a wife. Because where are you going to lead her if you don't even know you, the one who's leading you or who you're called to be? If you don't know that you're called to come on, Jeremiah is out there. If you don't know that you're called to, to be set over nations and over kingdoms to root out, to pull down, destroy and throw down and to build up and plant, then you aren't going to be able to get a help meet that's going to assist you in doing what God has called you to. If you know that God has called you to pastor, you aren't going to be able to align yourself with the help meet that is going to help you with what you're called to. And vice versa, right? If a woman is called to stewarding, uh, I'm going to use myself for example, right? Because this is something the Lord's been dealing with, with me and confirming. One of the things that I was concerned about was, okay, I know God is giving me this vision. I know he's called me to be this. And he's also, it's, it's him calling me to be 
who he's called me to be, I'm also doing it in the in the um, vehicle of having a business, right? And so the way he is going to use who he's called me to be is through this abundance of business. And I was wondering, okay, well, how is that going to work with the husband, right? Um, because just as much as I'm going to be there to help him, he's also going to have to flow with my purpose. Like I'm not just there to flow with his purpose and it's all about him, right? God is about both of us. It's going to flow together. And so God had to help me understand and recently really spoke a word over me um, about my husband and the fact that my stability was God, God's doing him wanting to set me up financially, business wise, everything stability wise before the husband was him. And I don't, I'm, I'll get into that in another episode, but I share that to say my husband when he comes and we align, it's going to be purpose driven on both ends. Whatever God is doing with my stability is for the family, right? The fact that I'm going to be stable when I meet my husband in certain ways and, and God, you know, doing that where I'm just like able to just fully love on him and that be that it's helping to build our family as well. I don't know what my husband may could be dealing with as well. Whereas like, listen, you know, God may be covering those bases too, where it's like, you don't have to worry about her being after your money. He could be a wealthy man and been dealing with gold diggers, right? Like we might, we might both need to be in a place where it's like, you got your own cause, <laughs> you know? And so having, knowing who I'm called to be when it comes to that mate and, and, and God sending my husband, I know who I'm called to be. So if you aren't somebody, for instance, and where I'm going with this is it, when I'm talking to anybody, if anybody is trying to, I'm not, I don't really have much conversations with men because I know who I'm called to be. And that's where I'm going with this is when I'm, anybody's trying to basically ask me out, right. Or allude to wanting to get to know me in any kind of way off top within conversation with them before they even probably got to that question, the Holy Spirit has already allowed me to discern where they are in their walk in life. I'm not judging them, but I'm judging their fruit, okay, which I'm called to do. And so I, because I know where I am and I know who I'm called to be, right, I know off top whether or not I can entertain that. And most of the time, nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, it's a no <laughs> because I know who I'm called to be. And so I, I've had to have a conversation with a couple men where I'm like, I can't have stepped this thing because I know who I'm called to be. I know the kind of warfare that comes with who I'm called to be. I know the kind of weight that comes with who I'm called to be. And now that I have that understanding, I can't pick anybody who cannot cover me. Get this, ladies. I cannot pick somebody who cannot appropriately cover and lead me because I know who I'm called to be and vice versa for men. You can't pick somebody who can't help properly help you because you don't know who you're called to be. You can't pick a woman who don't know who they're called to be. Don't be out here picking wives who think they called to be wives because that's not biblical. Okay. Yes, we could be called to, that could be a part of our ministry, but you don't see anyone in here where it's like, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I called you to be a wife. And that's it. Like, yes, you bring honor to God by being a wife because you honor your husband. But your first 
the first person you are supposed to love, the first person is God. You're going to do something. There's something in your DNA that serves the kingdom, that serves the king before you get your husband or your wife. And the reality is there's some people who aren't meant to be married at all, right? And so at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you understand who you're called to be and that person that you're mingling with knows who they're called to be so that you can make sure when you're going to Christ, you're in alignment with who he's calling you both to be as one. Because once you guys hit that stage of coming together, now it's about who the the individual callings have come together to function, right? So and I'm going to use my spiritual parents and then we're going to keep moving. So for instance, right, they are over our church and who, who my spiritual mom is called to be versus who my spiritual apostle, apostle dad is called to be are different, but they operate synchronized, right? Her gifting and who she is flows so well. She doesn't stop that, right? Because it's all about him. No, they flow together. As he's apostling and doing what he does and he has his strengths, she has her strengths and who she's called to be and and that flows, right? And so it's working together to build what God is calling them to build. She's to help me because he was called to build churches, right? So he's an apostle. He's called to build these things. And so she helps in him building those things and her gifts and who she's called to be helps, right? She's a prophetess. She, you know, is a worship leader and she's a pastor. She has pastoral. She's a, she's good at shepherding people, loving on people. Um, you know, again, words of it, just all around, just a wonderful woman. Um, he's a great man, but I'm just breaking down little parts of how, that can flow together of individual people knowing who they're called to be and how that comes together as one to flow for the purpose of God. And so first off, we have to understand who we're called to be. And once we get in the face of God and he begins to reveal that to us, he's going to swiftly deal with doubts and fears because it's not of him, right? He did not give that to us. And so just like with Moses, he had all these objections. God dealt with it just like with Jeremiah, quickly dealt with it. Then in verse nine through 10, we see God gives purpose. So it doesn't come out of that order. He doesn't give you purpose first and you don't know who you are. He doesn't give you purpose and then you still have doubts and you don't know who has your back, right? So he shows you and he gives you that understanding of who you're called to be. And then and then he deals with any doubts and things that's in your heart that be that could be causing any stagnation to who you're called to be. After that, then he tells you who you're called to be, what the execution of the purpose is, okay? How that aligns, what your purpose is on this earth. Hi, I called you to be a prophet and this is your function. Of, this is your measure, okay? This is what I'm having you to do. This is why you don't need to look at somebody else and be like, I'm gonna do what they're doing because you have your own, <laughs> you have your own purpose. You have your own assignment. You have your own function. There are many prophets um, on this earth, true prophets. I'm not talking about false prophets. I'm talking about, there are many true call prophets and it, it, we can use the story of Elijah, right? Elijah thought he was alone and God had to tell him, I have 3000 more who have not 
um, who have not bowed to any idols and contaminated themselves. Like you're not the only one. There are many more, but they have their different functions and measures. They're not all meant to stop the rain, start the rain, you know, uh, you know, deal with Ahab and Jezebel. That was not what they were called to doing. They were called to do other, they were called as prophets, but their purpose was to do other things, right? As prophets, right? So we seek God for the purpose after we have the understanding of what's in our DNA, who we're called to be. So I want you guys to, to leave this episode thinking about these things. Whose DNA have I tapped into, right? Have I tapped into the DNA of, of God and the DNA of my royalty, who I've been called to be, who formed me? Or have I tapped into the DNA of my mother and my father? Have I tapped into the DNA of, you know, my adopted parents' ideals or of the world's ideals and adopted into that, the world's DNA? Whose DNA have I tapped into? What have I allowed to contaminate my DNA? Maybe very young, you got the word of the Lord and received it, but you've departed from him since then. What have you allowed to contaminate your DNA? Identify what those things are. What have you allowed to influence the use of what's in your DNA? Okay, now this one's a big one because we have mighty things that are attached to who we're called to be. Gifts, influence, all types of things are attached to who we're called to be. Uh, and we, if we don't know, then we don't have training. It's like somebody who has superpowers. When they're new to those superpowers, right, they're chaotic. They could hurt somebody. So if you get mentorship by the wrong kind of influence, you will then use what's in your DNA for bad. So I want you to ask yourself, what have you allowed to influence the use of your, what's in your DNA? Is it God using what's in your DNA or is it the enemy? And be truthful. And how can you tell? You can tell by your works, by your fruit. Who has your ear? Which goes into the next question I want you to really answer for yourself. And that is, have I been working against myself and God or with myself and God? Right? Whose side am I on? Am I working against what's in my DNA, what he's created me, informed me to do and be? Or am I working with him to come into full fruition of exercising who I'm called to be and what I'm called to do, right? So that leaves us with the final question that will give you an ultimate answer. You have to be truthful with these questions. Identity is a tough thing because it's looking yourself in the mirror, but in order to get to the place of who you're called to be, you have to look at who you are at the very present moment and see if there is a separation. You only know by really doing some deep dive work. And so this very last question is a tough one. And that question is, who is my master? Okay. And you know who your master is because it's only one or the other. It's no in between. How are you living your life? What are you saying about yourself? What are you believing about yourself? What decisions are you making? Are they in alignment with who God has called you to be? Or this identity that you have aligned yourself with that is not who God has called you to be? Who are you connecting yourself to? What have you allowed in your life? All these things as you step back and begin to look at your life will tell you who your master is, who has the greatest influence over you. And then 
Once you identify that, you can go to work. You can go to work. Because just because you are not in the place that you know you should be in doesn't mean that what God put in your DNA is still not there. And that's why it's in your DNA. That's why it's in your DNA. You just have to realize it's there. And so I want you guys to take these questions back, journal and answer them. Grab you a piece of paper, grab you your notes in your note phone or whatever in your phone and really take the time to answer these questions that I just posed to you and start to do the work on your identity and, and finding out who you are versus who you're called to be. All right. And I want y'all to check back in in the next session because we're going to keep this conversation going and I'm going to keep talking about this amazing topic of what's in your DNA. And we about to really dive in to understanding our identity so we can get all that we have for us, live life fulfilled and stump on the enemy's head because that's it just is what it is. He gots to, he gots to be up under our feet. All right. I want y'all to have a blessed and prosperous, successful rest of your week. I apologize. This is coming out late. This is going to be dropping on Wednesdays from now on. So you can look forward to new episodes dropping every Wednesday. I love y'all. I'll check y'all in the next one. Peace. Hey, beautiful people. Thanks for tuning in. Did you enjoy that episode? Well, you don't want to miss a new one. So make sure that you hit subscribe so you can get notified every time we drop a new episode. And if you're really feeling bold, share this episode with a friend and leave us a comment below. Stay blessed and encouraged. I'll see you in the next episode.